born ready. <laughs> Welcome back. Well, welcome back to Paranormal. <laughs> we are two really cool hosts, your spooky sisters here. Just here to scare you. I'm Marie. And I'm Nicolina. <laughs> and, born ready for this. And we're born ready for this. Yeah. I was born this way, baby. I got Yo. my Nike shocks on. I've got my Vans uh, <laughs> no-shows. <laughs> Have you tried throwing those across the room to see if they land on their No, I haven't. Soles? I should try that, though. Don't, Don't uh, do it here. Why? <laughs> <laughs> I was born for this. I was born ready, bitch. Um, how was your week? How was everything? <laughs> Good. Good, good. Work was good. I'm just like so excited to leave for Turks and Caicos Friday. I'm really jealous. How long are you going for again? Six days, five nights. Okay. So I don't have to miss you for too long. No, just enough. I wait. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it's six. Yeah, six days, five nights. Who are you going with? Um, uh, My friends, Madison, oh, Lisa, okay, okay. and Heather. I wasn't sure, like, I wasn't sure which group of friends you were going yeah, with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Those chickies. So, well, yeah. I would love to go on a vacation right now, but I have zero dollars to my name. Yeah, I'm spending a lot of money on being able to just survive, but it's, like, good for my right. mental health to right. just, like, get the fuck out of here. Right. Fuck. Yeah. I feel that. Yeah. And this weekend's been, like, exhausting. This so I'm just, like, brutal. all right, if I didn't have this vacation, yeah. I don't know what I would do. I had a leaky faucet in my bathroom. Oh, yeah. My dad. We both have experienced leakiness oh, in yeah. our homes. in our homes. Just out of nowhere, my faucet just Same. started dripping. And I was, like, what the fuck happened here? Yeah. So I asked my dad to come get this. So my dad comes over. He's, like, showing me how to fix a leaky faucet, right? Yeah. So I'm, like, great. Like, now I know how to do it. I'm a fucking strong, independent woman. Uh who doesn't need no man like I got this and then he's like oh we have to go to Home Depot to get like the washers that will fit because like I don't have washers that'll fit this I'm like okay so go to Home Depot the guys at Home Depot are like that useless no no okay (laughs) they're like um uh the washers that fit this faucet are so old that they don't make them anymore you have to special order them fuck so my dad was like and 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 they're so like rare that they're literally the same price as buying a new, new fucking faucet. faucet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we had to buy a new faucet, and then I learned how to install a faucet. Right. So I have a new faucet in my bathroom. Like they have some pretty sleek looking new faucets, though. So yeah, like and like they're not that expensive. Like, I bought a new faucet for like two thirty, and it's yeah, beautiful. Yeah. Like yeah. downstairs, but like, like I don't, I just don't have like an extra two hundred thirty dollars. No, it is just like it right is now. a lot to just like throw to just r- at. like run around. Yeah, and like. I'm going to, well, I can cut this out if we have to, but I was just going to say like our friend Jules from the Fear and Fame podcast painted really cool like portraits of us as tarot cards. Yeah. And that was going to be for our Patreons. We're going to release them as like a sticker pack, but I don't want to release them until we've paid her for doing the work because despite the fact that we're friends, I believe in paying artists for their yeah, work. Absolutely. So like I'm going to pay her. Yeah. But then all of a sudden I have this fucking faucet that I have to, now I have to pay for this faucet. So like, I don't have the money that I thought I was going to have to play around with. Cause I have a to mortgage pay and bills for to their pay. hard work. And I have to, yeah. To pay artists for their hard work. I feel like I'm so such an entitled white person saying I'm going to Turks and Caicos and you can, ah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I am just a fucking, 
it's millennial who it's, does what the fuck I want, yeah, even if I'm I don't have the money. I'm just gonna put it on my fucking. I'm gonna put it on my life of credit, and everything will be fine, right? Mm-hmm. Whatever. I've got like a a very very small loan that I'm paying off, oh. and as soon as that's paid off, I'm gonna open up a line of credit and like finish up my house and then just pay it off slowly, right? Right. Like, whatever. I have a very big loan called a mortgage. Oh, I have a gigantic <laughs> loan called a mortgage. And I don't have a tenant anymore. Like I used to have tenants at my old house. And then we sold that house and we were like, we're not going to have Well, tenants. my tenant was just about to fucking piece the fuck out. <laughs> no, it's fine. She, she, it's fine. But luckily she's yeah. not going anywhere. Yeah. And like, I literally count on her to be like my moral support. And yeah, on a day to day basis, like yeah. I was like, like you don't have to pay me, just stay here. Yeah, please live with just me. Just please live with me. Please live with me. Fuck, that's yeah. Like I don't want to live alone when you leave no. after we do these podcasts. No, like I need her. Yes, so that or I, I'll just move in and yeah. like <laughs> just stay, Marie. Please, because please just stay, and we'll talk. But then we're gonna like be doing the podcast and like airing all of our secret resentments on it. <laughs> My landlord is a real cunt. Yeah. (laughs) Imagine. I wouldn't take it personally. I I would never live with you. (laughs) I'm really not bad. I'm I'm really not a bad roommate. No, no, no. I know. I would would actually love to be your roommate because you would take so many good pictures of me. <laughs> like you're definitely the friend who I could be like, please take like 30 to 40 shots. So I can no pick question the best asked. one. Right. Absolutely. I really, <laughs> I really resent the people who don't who do that for and me. Hand you back and I'm phone. just like, who are you? you? I'm like, you people have a mental illness. Yeah. Like you are not right. Do you even have Instagram? What are you doing? Do you no. even know what you're supposed to be doing? Like, but like, it's just like part of my like, yeah. Like I need options. Personality people. to be like, obviously you need options. And yeah. people act as like surprised. Like I'm yeah. like going out of my way. I'm like, no, no, no. No. Like this is how everyone needs to be. Yeah. Like when I hang out with Becca and we go in her parents' hot tub, I'm always like, I bought a new bikini top. Yeah. I would like you to take a photo of me, please, holding this glass of wine, looking over my shoulder, like as if like, oh, you caught me. Is she a Leo? And then, is she a Leo? Yeah. She's a Scorpio. Okay. And she'll take... She'll like take like like so many photos from so many different angles, angles. Yeah. and and I'm so appreciative of that. And then I do it for her because obviously, like we're best yes. friends. Like, yeah, you gotta, you gotta. No, I know. What are you gonna do? I just feel like people are impatient or something, and they just like I don't know. I think they're just really self involved, and they're like, if these aren't photos of me, I don't. I care. don't care. No, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> I remember I was at a racetrack, and like we were all decked out, and like apparel for like the races yeah. and like derbies apparel. I was gonna say was it for the derby or was it for like NASCAR it was for the queen's plate yeah 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 so yeah a derby and then um this got like we were in front of a flower wall mm-hmm. it was meant for for, for se- selfies and photos yeah. and, and Instagram pictures and these this couple walking by like asked me to take photos of them yeah so I literally took like 10 to 15 photos of yes. them looking spectacular. Right. Zooming in on just the background of the wall so right. that it didn't look like we were in like a fucking right. weird building. Right. Asked them to take one of me and my boyfriend at the time, like to, to take pictures of me. He took two. He took two fucking photos, uh. not centered. 
and you could see the brick, like the white brick right, right, painted right. like from in, I'm yes. like, this is, this is, this, I, I, the cinder blocks. I was you. the cinder blocks. I was honestly offended. so offended. <laughs> like I'm still offended. I'm still pissed. So if you're I'm out wrong. there, if you're listening to this, I want you to fucking think about what you've done. He might be listening. Maybe he has Spotify. Cause guess what? We're on fucking Spotify We're now. Finally, fucking on Spotify. I've said so much at the beginning of this. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah. So and my aunt and- downloaded my podcast today too. On this podcast today too. So like, nice. She's gonna hear us because like I which don't is have, great. I don't really. <laughs> I don't use iTunes for anything. I had to download oh, no. iTunes, the podcast app. Yeah, the podcast yeah, yeah. app. Yeah. So I'm like, this is annoying. Like I use Spotify for everything. Yeah. Like all my listening needs. All of them. So now I can just. Now you can. Amazing. For us as well. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited for you. <laughs> <laughs> I am. You should be. I, I listen to, like I have the Apple app and mm-hmm. I use that one. But I'm just excited that we're on Spotify now because I've had friends who are like, or like, I've had friends who were like, can you send me the link to your SoundCloud? And yeah. then they have to listen to it on like the Safari browser on their phone. Yes. Because they don't want to download the SoundCloud, SoundCloud app. app. And it's just like, fuck, that sucks so bad. Like we should just be on Spotify already. Right. But for the longest time we couldn't get on it. Right. And now we're fucking. Because SoundCloud there. like makes you create a, an account and everything. And like back yeah. in the day, I was like a, like really into like SoundCloud producers. Right. So I had a login for it. Right. So it was okay. Like I was like, all right, I'll just log in and mm-hmm. but for everyone else it's like who wants to get a soundcloud account no. at this point right so we are on spotify finally and you can find us there just by searching paranormal make sure that you have the brackets in normal in brackets and we're under the podcast if you search paranormal with the brackets under normal we're the just first the way that our podcast is spelled. is spelled we're the first one there one there and if you listen on Apple, if you just type in the word paranormal, we're the first result there too. Cool. Because we're boss ass bitches. Boss. We're fucking cool. I'm looking at you directly in the eyes right now. <laughs> this is intense. This is so intense. So yeah. Okay, sick. That's fun. What a great, what okay. a great time. Um, now. So, so. I'm scratching my fucking. Crotch. Crotch. <laughs> <laughs> Your crab. Because I'm a lady. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> One time, I asked my dad what cra- crabs were. And that was the best. I was eleven. I yeah. <laughs> Fuck. All right. Well, we've got a really special show today for you. Yes. Even though you guys didn't want to hear it. <laughs> According so to your survey, our survey, you we're doing it anyways. Um, we well, we gave them the option, and we did do the Ouija board episode first. I'm gonna be honest; like, I wasn't that impressed with the options for Ouija board stories. Like, I feel like mm-hmm. people are like dead mm-hmm. from real Ouija board stories yeah. and have not been able to recount them. Yeah, they're not able to to talk about them. Jules from the Fear and Fame podcast messaged me 
a fucking video of herself, like on Instagram, like crying in her car, laughing at herself because she said that while I was telling my story, yeah. she had to pause it several she times. She told me that she too. got so scared. That's funny. <laughs> That's really funny. Yeah, I was like, she's like, hopefully your house isn't like haunted or anything. Now I'm like, thanks, Jules. Thank you very much. Right? I'm like, yeah. no patience worth is with me. Yeah. She's being my yeah. literary uh, advisor yes. and um. Ouija board uh, spirit guide. <laughs> She's your spirit guide. You're fine. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. So yeah. So the episode that we're bringing to you today, hot off the press, is the um, the the cursed movies. Cursed movie sets. We've, and we've people and from movies. the girls that brought you the cursed paintings. <laughs> comes <laughs> comes the sequel, the cursed movies, and um, you you should be excited. Freaking hold on to your buttholes. Clench them tight. Clench them real tight because you're in for a wild ride. Guard them. Somebody fucking guard your butthole. Guard your butthole. I love that saying. I say it all the time. Guard your butthole, motherfuckers. Yeah. Um, No, somebody said something or sent me like a fucking picture of probably a tweet. And it was like, like older people talking about how like, you know, when you eat hot dogs, you're eating like the anuses of of animals or whatever, oh my and God. then it was like my entire generation eats ass. Like we're <laughs> that's like a thing. So uh, can I just go off for a second? No, you're not allowed. <laughs> just so I realized this because I was 24 and I met well what I thought was a 21 year old. He was actually turning 19 that week, but Jesus he lied Christ. to me. Um. So anyway, hot. God, I was in Cancun, so I was willing to do basically anything. anything. And he was talking all about rim jobs and how like everyone in his like group of friends, and I should have known then that he wasn't <laughs> 21. But he was like, Yeah, like this is a like this is if you do yeah. this, you are like so you should be so proud of yourself. Yeah, we eat ass grandpa. That's what that's the thing. And I don't want to admit <laughs> this, but like it happened. I, I don't want to ever do it again. I don't. I don't. I'm not proud. <laughs> so hopefully my mother never listens to this podcast. <laughs> that's the scariest thing that's ever been on this podcast. Yeah, it's the scariest yeah. thing. Uh, you want to read my horoscope now that you got that? I absolutely do. <laughs> I just needed, I, I honestly just needed everyone our, to know that. Listen, this is our therapy session. Can't afford my therapist. This is like <laughs> another podcast, I think. This I know, right? The content for no, another What are you doing? <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. okay. Gemini, for March 31st, uh, week of. Okay, yeah. We're not supposed to say the date. No, no, it's fine. I just, because I don't it's know when week. they're going to listen to, yeah, whatever. Who gives a shit? No, it's, it's not the week. It's the day. Oh, I'm we're doing sure. the day. Yeah. Okay. Because why not, right? And then I just say if it was true or not. Okay, fine. Um, So you might be extremely busy now. Invitations to large parties, small gatherings with close friends, and intimate evenings with romantic partners might come up today. Right. Be discriminating and those who you accept, Gemini. Mm-hmm. Concentrate on seeing people who share your interests. Mm-hmm. This may bring new friends your way, as well as opportunities to expand your horizons. 
romance looks great now. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, 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 I did have like a few offers to do other things tonight and I oh. said, no, get yes. the fuck out of town. Get, get out of here. I don't want to hang out with you. I'm going to hang out with someone who shares my interests in my podcast. That's <laughs> And I'm so glad that I did. Yeah. But I don't think it's going to bring But that's bring not romantic. It's, you're not I mean, I'm romance. not going to scissor you after this. I'm sorry. <laughs> but we're drinking wine. <laughs> I mean, you know what? And after what I just admitted, anything's basically on it. Because if you're not, I'm out. I'm getting the fuck out of here. What are we even doing this podcast for? What's this all been about? <laughs> what is this all been for? If not a rim job. <laughs> I, I thought that this, I thought the parameters of our business relationship were clear <laughs> when I asked you if you would like to co-host this podcast. I mean, I don't now being a sugar baby. Kids, take this as a lesson learned. Always get it in writing. Give me my computer. <laughs> <laughs> we're I feeling, just snorted. We're feeling extra saucy yeah, we're today. Feeling aren't spicy we? today. <laughs> we're so fucking done. <laughs> I feel so bad for people listening to this that aren't laughing. Like, I'm sure like a couple people are like, this is fucking funny, but also fucking shut up. (laughs) Get to the spook, Scott. Okay. Okay, here's your here's your fucking. Here's mine. I have not read it. Oh, really? Okay. No. If you are not romantically involved, an errand, walk, or other foray into your neighborhood would might bring an exciting new person into your life. That's fucking weird. That's so fucking weird. That is so fucking weird. Yeah. Is that it? No, no, no. I got oh. more, but I just wanted to pause there because I knew that you went on two walks today. I, I went on a walk and like, like in my area. So I literally met someone two nights ago yeah. across the street where I just did an yeah. errand. Right. And like, I don't usually do that many errands. Like I'm not an errand yeah. person in my neighborhood. Right. Like I don't work in my neighborhood. So usually I'll do errands where I work. Yes. So when I get out here, it's rare that I would meet someone in my actual neighborhood. Yeah. And yeah, literally walk by the place that I met him. This encounter may or may not lead to something lasting, Leo. Damn. But you'll enjoy it anyway. Okay. If you're currently involved, a casual outing with your partner could result in intimate conversations that bring the two of you closer. Now, you're not currently involved. No. And this is not a casual outing, but we are sitting here drinking wine and we did have an intimate conversation earlier and I feel like we're closer. Yes, I think we, we've gotten much closer in the I'm last talking, 10 minutes. I'm not talking about the rim job conversation. No, I know, I know. <laughs> so I think that rings true for your horoscope. That was well. a really very true one. Yeah, yours are always spot on. I know, because I am, honestly, I think that my placement in the Leo horoscope yeah, yeah. is very, very central to Leo. What's your rising sign again? Scorpio. I'm a cancer rising and I feel like I- You're more on the cancer rising. I think I am. Sim- yeah. You might have more cancer in your birth chart, like your well, natal chart. we were talking about this. Yeah. And like, we remember I was here when we found out my rising sign. Like I texted my mom, like what time was I born? Right. And um, I was cancer rising and I was like, that makes so much fucking so sense. So much sense, When I read yeah. about what cancers were like. And every time I talk to you and I'm like, 
or you'll, you'll send me like a funny astrology meme about right. like Gemini. Gemini. Like, oh, but I'm not like that. I'm like this. Yes. And you're always like, that's the cancer in you. Like you're like, I'm so fucking. Totally. And like, cause I, as much as like I'm a Scorpio rising, I don't have any other Scorpio in my chart. Right. So it's, I feel like it doesn't come. It only comes out in very um, like specific situations mm-hmm. where I'm just like, oh yes, that was definitely a response to this. And right. that's why I did that. But my Aries moon is so strong in my emotional temperament. I don't like know my emotional relationships. We went through this. I forget, but, um, but like my temperament is so like, I am so impatient. I blow up pretty easily. And like, I get over things just as quickly. Right. So I'm just like my, I identify with my Aries moon so much. Well, yeah. Aries season is right now. Is right now. Yeah. So everyone's fired up. I am fired up. Everything I basically feel is like, I'm like sad, but over it so quickly. And I'm just like rolling with the punches and all that shit right now. Yeah, that's true. Because everyone's kind of taking that on. Yeah. I'm sad. And then I mean, yeah, I was, like, really sad today, but, like, I already feel like, oh, whatever, I'm over it. Like, this is what I'm going to do about it, and that's it. Yeah, you just kind of have to get it all out and then just be done, and, yeah. Damn. Well, good shit. Good shit. Okay, so... Today, we are going to read the stories of cursed movies. And my cursed movie is... See, now, I always thought that this was the most famous one, but now I feel like yours might be. It might be, just because they're both pretty good. Anyways, mine is the history of the poltergeist curse. So the poltergeist curse, for those of you who don't know, is in um, reference to the poltergeist trilogy, the movies. And apparently this curse began with human skeletons. So, great. yes. So this movie, um, uh, I'm going to probably cut that huge pause out because now I don't know what to say. Okay, so this movie spawned two sequels, a reboot, and countless bad dreams. But according to some, the use of dozens of real human skeletons as props in the movie bred a deadly curse that continues to this day. Did you know that? No. That they used real human skeletons? No, why would they do that? that? Yeah. You're going to find out. I'm going to tell you why. So this article says that lots of movies are said to be cursed. um, And yours is on that list. They give like a little list. Mm -hmm. And um, people usually explain them away as like coincidences or they explain them as marketing schemes as well. Sure, sure. But um, the similarities uh, between the movie and real life here are kind of like... It's like too much to be creepy here. So um, in the movie, there's a family called, for those of you who don't know, the family, uh, the Freelings family are like an upper middle class family. They move into a new house um, and the movie is, um, it's a Spielberg movie. So it's like a Spielberg style neighborhood, like typical, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And strange things start to happen. And uh, soon their suburban ideal turns into a nightmare so there's a part in the movie where there's like a really heavy rain Mm -hmm. and it unearths tons of skeletons that are buried underneath the home Mm -hmm. um the real estate developers in the movie built on top of a cemetery but they didn't tell anybody 
So not not like in the movie. Like this is oh part in the of movie. The, sorry, sorry. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Okay. Right, right, right. That's the plot. Um, yeah. And so because they're <laughs> yes, because their corpses were denied a final resting place, the dead take revenge on the family. Right. And ultimately, they target the kids. So in real life, Steven Spielberg and Tobe Hooper, um, they his name's Pooper. Hooper. Oh, Tobe Hooper. Did I say pooper? It just sounded like This fucking it. episode, I'm telling you, it's all about the butts. It's all about the pooper. <laughs> I'm so sorry. So they, they come onto the set and they don't tell their actors this. They use real human skeletons as props in the movie. So those skeletons were real human skeletons. And then strange things started to happen. Mm-hmm. So there was lightning strikes, there was accidents, and there were a lot more stuff going on. And this leads to rumors that the dead are taking revenge upon the cast. Um, Where and, did they get these skeletons? Is there an explanation of that? Uh, I read it in another article. I don't remember if they go into it on this one, but it was from like a either like, I think it was from like a school. What? Yeah, like like a medical school. Oh, yeah. could like from okay, that makes sense. Yeah, got it. And according to people that believe this curse, um, the curse did end up claiming the lives of um, some of the family members. Two of them, Heather O'Rourke and Dominique Dune, um, and they both died very tragically and very young. So they go on to say, like, if there's any one person who. Like you think, like who do you think of when you watch or when you hear about the poltergeist? Like what cast member comes to mind? The little girl. The little girl, correct. So that's Heather O'Rourke, and she was only five years old when she was in the poltergeist, and um, she was the girl that was targeted by evil, which the story surrounds. Mm-hmm. Um, her read of the line "There here." transcended transcended the movie and is one of the most remembered taglines in film history but her involvement with the series might have come from a might have come at a terrible price uh, after appearing in all of the so she's been in all of the movies she died tragically and mysteriously when she was only 12 years old in the middle of shooting the poltergeist 3 she was rushed to cedar sinai where she died in the middle of surgery immediately after her death Her manager mistakenly reported the child actor had died of the flu, but the actual cause of death was weirder than that. It turns out that she died of septic shock during emergency surgery to repair an acute bowel obstruction. She was born with stenosis of the intestines that was never diagnosed. The doctors just thought that she had Crohn's disease. And according to a lawsuit filed by her parents, the death could have been prevented if she had received the correct diagnosis because they could have fixed it. And then there was Dominique Dune, and she played Dana Freeling, who is the older daughter in the original Poltergeist movie. And um, just like the little girl, this was her first feature film. Mm-hmm. And because of the incredible success, success, she had gone from small television parts to a huge film career overnight. But um, behind the scenes, her life was a nightmare. In 1981, she began a relationship with John Sweeney, who was a chef at an L.A. restaurant. He was uh, abusive, jealous, and angry. Uh, They fought all the time. And he had beat her, like, numerous times really, really badly. Um, They describe it as savagely. After a particularly violent fight, he strangled her 
and jumped on the hood of her car to keep from leaving. What? She moved out and stopped, like she ended the relationship. But um, like, you know, like, like psychopaths, like psychopaths do. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't take no for an answer. Right. Right. You know, we've all been there. And according to police reports uh, on Devil's Night, so the night before Halloween in 1982, he carved a chocolate mask of her face and delivered it to her door. Oh, my God. And then after a brief argument, he strangled her until she was unconscious. Oh, my God. And when the police got there, he told them, quote, I killed my girlfriend and I tried to kill myself. But he was wrong. Because it was an attempted murder and he only strangled her into a coma. Oh my God. She spent four days in a coma and she eventually passed away on November 4th from her injuries. He served less than four years for the crime. What? Yeah. Because. What? Yeah. Because like fuck justice, right? And after prison, he changed his name and has been living as a free man ever since. And nobody really knows where he is or what he's doing. Yeah. So here we go. The origins, origin of the curse. The use of real skeletons on the set was first made public by an actress named Jo Beth Williams, who dropped that bomb on VH1's I Love the 80s. A film crew was using real humans, uh, human remains to dress a set. Seems kind of too good to be true, but um, like for a horror movie, but um The actress was not misremembering her days shooting the poltergeist. She said, yes, the skeletons were real. And um, the prop assistant uh, confirmed that, yes, they were real skeletons. They came from Carolina Biological, naming a medical and science supply company that sold human skeletons mainly for use in medical schools back in the 80s. Uh, And then, quote, replica skeletons did not exist as far as I can remember at the time. They're now common and relatively cheap, and the rush to the bottom line for cost will dictate. As for the curse, the filming wasn't any different than than any other production I was a part of. So they used real human skeletons because it was cheaper than getting a... A A, a pre-made, like a a real-made skeleton. Got it. Yeah. So the prop master might not have felt the curse, but others that worked on the set tell of strange experiences. There was a mechanical clown. I don't know if you remember the clown. Yes, I do. Okay. So it was used. So this mechanical clown was used in the movie and it strangled uh, the actor Oliver Robbins. So um, he played the youngest son of the family and he, so I think in the movie, the clown is supposed to strangle him, Uh but it malfunctioned and didn't stop strangling him. Oh my God. And strangled him harder than it was supposed to. And he was actually almost killed because the crew thought that he was just acting. Oh my God. He almost died. So, which is weird that. The, uh, the other actress was strangled to death mm-hmm. and this clown by a clown. Like his and final destination clown, type thing. Like they yeah. needed to kill someone through strangling. Right. Um, so along with revealing the nature of the curse, the actor Jo Be- or actress Jo Beth Williams told E True Hollywood Story that when she would come home every night after filming, she would find something had titled all of the pictures or tilt sorry, not t- titled, had tilted all of the photos in her home. Ew. Quote, I began to think, is somebody trying to send me a message that I shouldn't be doing this film? Oh my god. Yeah. That's pretty creepy. And then probably the most poltergeist-like story connected to the movie um, 
belongs to the author James Kahn. He was tasked with writing the novelization of the movie, and he said that as he was finishing the novel, a freak lightning bolt struck the building that he was working in. Quote, The facing on the air conditioning unit blew off, flew across the room, and hit me in the back. After about half a minute or a minute, the lights flickered and went on, and then all the video games in the room started playing themselves. Ew! There are other deaths connected with Poltergeist. Um, So... Reportedly, um, Will Sampson, he played the mystical Indian in the movie, um, and he was a real-life shaman. Mm. And he was upset enough about the curse that he delayed production for hours to perform a Muscogee Indian blessing to clear the set of evil. And apparently it didn't work, because not only did Heather die years after the ceremony, Sampson died less than a year later from complications uh, from a kidney transplant. Mm. Mm -hmm. And there was an evil preacher in Poltergeist 2. And it says there's a reason his deathly pallor looks so realistic. The actor was suffering from advanced stomach cancer during filming and he died soon after the movie was completed, which I don't find that to be a curse. curse, Yeah, he had it while they were filming already. Yeah. Um, And so it does say that it says they were both older and unhealthy to begin with. And once you get into the death, deaths of older actors from pre-existing conditions, the connections to a curse become pretty tenuous, but. There is one death vaguely connected to Poltergeist that bears mentioning um, only because it is so grisly. Oh, dear. So there was a gentleman named Lou Perryman, and he had a bit in the first Poltergeist, and he played Pugsley, um, who was a construction worker. And in 2009, he was just hanging out at his home in Austin, Texas, when a man named Seth Tatum knocked on his door. According to witnesses, the two had a brief conversation and then went inside together. Seth left the house alone. When police searched the residence, they found Perryman uh, was dead. His body had been hacked apart with an axe. Tatum seems to have chosen Perryman completely at random. In the midst of some kind of psychotic episode, he left his house and wandered aimlessly for three miles before knocking at Perryman's door. Of all the thousands of doors he passed on his journey, he picked that man's door. Uh, So it could be a coincidence, but maybe it's something darker. Mm -hmm. And then it says, the curse continues. So um, the poltergeist was actually rebooted. And uh, the director, Jill Keenan, was hoping that the poltergeist curse would be rebooted as well on a red on a reddit ama he wrote that he wrote my family's lucky number is 13 we kind of have this reverse psychology where we search for the greatest chance of something supernaturally stacked against us and so by searching for it we are protected it's demented and he may have gotten his wish because um keenan reports inexplicable equipment failure on the set and says that the curse followed him away from from the filming Quote, the house that I rented during filming was straight up legit haunted by a female spirit dressed in black. She definitely was there. It did not follow me back to Los Angeles, but it followed me from set back to where I was sleeping during the filming. And that's it. That's pretty, uh, there's a lot there. It's a lot. It's a lot there. It's a lot to unpack, but I'm just letting you know that it happened. <laughs> thank you. Well, I thank you for letting me know. You're welcome. Um, well then. Yep. Are we going right into mine? Yeah. Okay. Are you ready? 
Not really. It's it's quite long. It's okay. I'm excited for this one. Okay. So bear with me because there's about 10 different scenarios that have haunted the um, the movie The Omen. Yeah. Which has had uh, multiple sequels. Um, but it, it seems as though most of it is connected to the first um, installment. So the okay. original Omen. Yeah. Um, so in saying that, of all the world's cursed film productions, The Omen is considered to have been one of the worst movie curses of all time. The 1976 film tells the story of a man who accidentally adopts the Antichrist as his son, and the movie remains one of horror's most successful franchises. But what was so odious about the set that led producers to believe that the devil was punishing them for making this movie? Is the Omen really cursed? The Omen followed in the footsteps of two of the most successful horror films of the 1970s and hoped to use the popularity of those films to attract audiences. Producers should have been warned that they were also film sets that were haunted. In the end, the Rosemary's Baby Curse and the Curse of the Exorcist may have not only given the Omen their desirable audiences, but also their forsaken curses. Hey, Katie. <laughs> So yeah, I wasn't so be- sure if it was gonna scare you. I was no, I'm, I'm- <laughs> yes, yeah. Oh, Welcome sorry. to the podcast. We don't care. <laughs> Love y'all. Remember when you came in. So basically, the Omen was set on the same sets as um, Rosemary's Baby and okay. The Exorcist. Yeah. So like, creeps. Yeah. Tons of fucking bad juju all over that. So much bad juju. I'm just saying. <laughs> Absolutely. Um. So the Omen film set haunting includes death, injury, and lots of lightning bolts. After all, the creator himself warned the cast and crew that Satan wasn't going to like what they were doing. Here's what happened behind the scenes of the Omen movie and why, despite its several sequels and 2006 remake, it remains one of, the, one of history's movies that indeed may have angered Satan himself. Oh, good. <laughs> Here we go. Let's get it. All right. So first... Designer John Richardson was in a car accident that decapitated his passenger, just like a scene in The Omen. After helping create special effects for The Omen, designer John Richardson began work on A Bridge Too Far. He was on location in Holland with his wife and special effects sculptress Liz Moore. And as they were driving along an empty road one, one night, they hit another car head on. Richardson was knocked unconscious but Moore was decapitated with when one of the front wheels tore through the floor and hit her. Jesus Christ. As Richardson came to after the crash, he noted the tragedy was a creepy coincidence to a horribly gruesome decapitation scene he had designed for the omen. He also claims he saw a road sign off to one side of the accident that pointed out the town of Omen was six 66.6 kilometers away. Shut up. Yeah. Oh my God. So the special effects sculptress was decapitated. Oh my God. All right. So second, an animal trainer hired to keep the cast and crew safe from angry baboons was killed by a tiger. What? In one chilling scene from the omen, Lee Remick as Damien's mother is completely terrified by a group of baboons who attack the car in a reaction to her demonic son. According to Richard Donner, 
her feel for feel fear for full screaming. I don't know why I couldn't say that you word. You got this. You got I, this. I'm, I'm fearful right I'm now. To pump you up. Yeah. <laughs> screaming was completely real. The crew had placed a baboon inside the car to make the attacking primates more angry, and then filmed their violent response. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. Who does that? Although Remick's incident could have easily become another cursed story, apparently Satan chose to take his wrath out on the baboon's trainer instead. Some stories claim it was a lion, but in the words of producer Harvey Bernhard, he was killed the day after we shot there. He was killed by a tiger. He grabbed him by the head and killed him instantly. Jesus. That's fucked. Sorry, sorry. That's so fucked. That's fucked. <laughs> um, okay, so third. Lightning struck airplanes containing cast and crew members on three separate occasions. Oh my god. In October of 1975, Gregory Peck was on a London-bound airplane on his way to filming when the aircraft was struck by lightning. The bolt caused one of the engines to catch fire, and the plane came very close to crashing into the Atlantic Ocean below. A few weeks later, producer Mace Newfield was on his way to the shoot when his airplane was also struck by lightning while crossing the Atlantic. Weird that both of our stories feature lightning. Yeah. It was the the roughest five minutes I had ever been on an airliner, he noted. Two lightning-related pre-production mishaps are creepy, but after screenwriter David Seltzer wrote on an airplane that also got struck by lightning, evidence of the curse seemed to be appearing. And if these three incidents weren't enough... Producer Harvey Bernard came extremely close to being struck by lightning while filming in Rome. Fourth, a group of trained Rottweilers suddenly attacked a stuntman for real during him and his defy, injuring him and defying their trainer. One of the Omen's most memorable scenes involves Gregory Peck trying to escape a cemetery while being attacked by a group of extremely vicious dogs. Several carefully trained Rottweilers were utilized for the film and were instructed to attack a stuntman in Peck's place. The stuntman was safely enclosed in a layer of protective padding and the dogs were set loose, but then something went wrong. No. For reasons unknown, the dogs began really attacking the stuntman and were so vicious their teeth went through the stuntman's protective gear. Oh my God. They even ignored their trainer when ordered to stop. Lucky, luckily, the stuntman survived. God. Yeah. Okay. So fifth, cast and crew nearly got blown up on two separate occasions. Oh my god. Thanks to the IRA. Oh my god. <laughs> After surviving the lightning-induced terror on his overseas flight, producer Mace Newfeld was involved in a, in a few other curse-related incidents. While staying at a Hilton hotel in London, he and his wife were given an early checkout when the Irish Republic Army blew up the building. Luckily, neither were in the hotel at the time and weren't killed. Several days later, Newfield, several other producers, and Gregory Peck were headed to a restaurant when the IRA also bombed the building. Although many people viewed these scary incidents as part of the Omen curse, considering the IRA was involved in a large number of London explosions at the time, maybe the cast and crew escaping twice is actually a miracle. Yeah, maybe. It might have been seen as a miracle. I actually have a relative who witnessed his girlfriend being killed and bombed in a um in a subway like the underground oh my god um by the ira so it was quite common but oh like oh my god that, yeah i would never leave my house i know i would never leave my house 
terrible. I'd be like, I'm working from home for the rest of my life. Yeah, I, it was really bad. But oh I mean, the God. fact that he almost got killed on a plane and then that as well. It's like, holy cat. Yeah. Yeah. So six. All while filming the movie. Too. All while fil- filming like, the movie. Like not years later. Yeah. Not, like during the entire. Yeah. I mean. yeah. Oh my God. Like they were being chased down by Satan. Um, so six, an airplane the crew had hired for aerial shots was rented to someone else and then crashed, killing several people. So in order to get some aerial shots for the film, the crew hired a local small plane. At last minute, the aircraft company changed planes and rented the plane to another group of people. According to one story, it was Chinese businessmen who made the pilot a better deal and got the plane instead. Whatever the real story, the Omen crew was told that they would have to wait until the, later that day. This turned out to be extremely lucky, uh, an extremely lucky turn of events since the plane they were supposed to be on crashed, allegedly flying into a flock of birds upon takeoff, crashed, crashing through a fence and hitting a car. How many people died in the incident varies by story, but the disaster is nevertheless proof of the possible omen curse. Yeah. Okay. Number seven. A stuntman nearly died after falling off a building on his next film and claimed he had been pushed. When stuntman Alf Joint was done filming scenes for The Omen, he went to work on A Bridge Too Far as well, but the curse may have followed him. For one shot, he was to jump off a tall building and land on an airbag, something he'd successfully done before with no issue. This time, however, he jumped in an awkward way and landed not on the safe cushy pad, but instead on the ground. Seriously injured, he was rushed to the hospital and luckily survived. When he regained consciousness, he said he felt he had been pushed, although no proof of this claim was ever found. The fact that he jumped suddenly and in an unusual way could mean he was telling the truth. Okay, number eight. Gregory Peck's son committed suicide two months before filming started. Oh my God. In June of 1975, Gregory Peck's son, Jonathan, was found to have shot himself in the head. Although there was no note, his death was ruled a suicide and Peck was devastated at the loss. His agent brought the role of Richard Thorne to his attention since he wanted Peck to channel his grief into into a project. Despite the fact the role was a man who must kill his son, Peck signed on and arrived on set in an understandably morose mood powered through and was rewarded with this omen being one of the most financially successful films. William Holden, on the other hand, had also been offered the part of Richard Thorne, but turned it down. When he saw how successful the film had been, he quickly jumped on board Omen 2. Okay. Um, Number nine, possibly also suffering from the curse, the Guilford Cathedral location has frightened local people and been a crime scene. And been a crime scene as well. And been a crime scene. Why not? Let's throw that in the mix. (laughs) The real-life Guilford Cathedral served as a very prominent backdrop in the film, but after the omen was released, the priests had trouble getting people to attend mass there. After the building sent Damien into a terrible rage, apparently the local congregation was a bit too freaked out to visit, and their fear was still active more than 30 years later. In 2008, an armed man was spotted on the church grounds, and police were called. Helicopters were brought in and eventually the man was shot and killed by the authorities on some cathedral steps once appearing in the on same the same cathedral steps once appearing in the movie. It's plausible the building became caught up in the creepy curse as well. Number nine, the man who created the omen warned everyone the film would be cursed. 
Robert Bob Munger was a born-again Christian and ad executive who thought a movie about the Antichrist would be a good idea, so he pitched it to the studio. Knowing Rosemary's Baby and The Exorcist had both been wildly successful, producer Harvey Bernhard agreed the idea would be a moneymaker and signed on to make it. Then, in either a change of opinion or thanks to some heavenly intervention, Munger suddenly began warning everyone that the movie would be cursed, claiming, if the devil's greatest single weapon is to be invisible and you're going to do something which is going to take away his invisibility to millions of people, he's not going to want that to happen. That's true. Bernard pushed forward with production, but as strange events began occurring, he began wearing a cross while on set just in case. Oh my God. Number 10, Damien actor Harvey Stevens virtually disappeared until taking on a small, small part in the remake. So the little boy who played Damien basically disappeared. Many actors he don't disappeared. He disappeared. Like he, no one knew where he was. Like he didn't do anything. He, many actors who were Damien, apparently just like, t- like just withdraw and like don't oh, want anything okay, to do okay. with acting and film and production yes. and anything again because they just get really spooked. Right. So many child actors don't continue working into adulthood. But was Harvey Stevenson's disappearance disappearance due to the curse? After appearing in a 1980 made-for-television movie, he didn't take any film roles until a small part in the remake of The Omen. In fact, he retreated so far out of view, the producer of an Omen documentary hired a private investigator to track him down for an interview, but was unsuccessful. Was unsuccessful. Apparently, playing Damien has affected several other actors, too. Omen 2's Jonathan Scott Taylor worked briefly as a stage actor, but quit to work for a trucking business in Australia and may have changed his name. Even Sam Neill, who played an adult Damien in Omen 3, refused to talk about his time spent making the film. Number 10, are we on number 10 now, I I think? I think so. The 2006 Omen remake encountered a few issues that may may have been curse related as well. Despite all the rumors and evidence that the original Omen was cursed, Cursed, Hollywood decided to remake it in 2006. Although not as creepy or as deadly as the original Curse, the production did encounter some questionable problems. While filming Father Brennan, actor Pete Postlewaite's brother died unexpectedly after he allegedly received three three sixes in a poker game. Also, 13,500 feet of the film, which included an important scene in which Lee Scriber finds the devil's birthmark on his son, was mysteriously destroyed while being processed in the lab. No one could explain what happened. Even a documentary exploring the curse of the omen in all its various forms suffered from strange events when two cameras in two separate locations both experienced the same technical difficulties. Whoa. A marketing campaign of impending doom added to the creepiness of the curse. Director Richard Donner and producer Harvey Bernard didn't want The Omen to be a typical horror film. Donner wanted the movie to be more of a mystery suspense and envisioned the story to seem like a series of horrible coincidences that led up to an ending which makes the audience wonder if everything was just actual, was actually connected. This sounds eerily similar to the coincidences of the curse, and the promotional idea the film used added to this in hindsight. Advertising was started before the film came out and used a theme of impending doom to hook audiences. Taglines such as, good morning, you are one day closer to the end of the world, 
And remember, you have been warned are even more disturbing considering all the creepy things that would have ended up going on behind the scenes. That's the, all of them. That's all the curses. That's all the curses that Jesus. are there. But basically, yeah, like the whole thing was just like a one curse after the other. Oh my God. And I don't really ever want to watch The Omen again. No. I really I, wanted um, to watch it when it when it came out in 2006, I remember. And I was like, damn, this is... But then it got like kind of mixed reviews because it wasn't as good as the original. Right. I, um... And that little boy freaks me the fuck out. Yes. I have seen... I think I saw the one in 2006. Yeah. And I remember just being like terrified. Yeah. The kids who play that role... I mean, I don't know how you wouldn't be affected by that. Oh, my God. Okay. I have a hometown. Mm. I think the sorry, from your story, I think the creepiest thing was um, the thing about Damien's, like... Disappearances? Just yeah, yeah. Like, they're like, no, like, I want nothing to do with any of this yeah, ever absolutely. again. Like, that's so scary. Like, they're so scarred from the entire experience. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay, we have a hometown haunt from... Brittany from um, Saskatchewan. Cool. So the the subject line just says paranormal from Saskatchewan. Cool. Hi, <laughs> Heidi. Um, so, hey, Marie and Nicolina. Britt from Regina here. This is my second submission. I shared a couple of stories with Marie on Twitter back in November before she went on hiatus about my relationship with the spirit world, an experience of mine and my dad's experience on his reserve as a kid. I remember that one, actually. Mm -hmm. For a hometown haunt or stories that are pretty sweet, in my opinion, the Screaming House at Indian Head or the Fort San Tuberculosis Hospitals are the ones that come to mind when I think of spooky hometown haunts. But I will share my... But I'll share the story in Indian Head. The Screaming House in Indian Head is a house that was built in the 1800s. The family that lived there had small children, and one day, one of the little boys was playing on the train tracks just outside of their home and was struck and killed by an oncoming train while his mother watched helplessly from the house. Oh my god, that's terrifying. so terrifying. In brackets, she said, I guess, or she couldn't get out fast enough, I guess. Shit. After the little boy's death, the mother and her husband bricked up and filled up the windows that faced the tracks so she no longer could see them. Mm -hmm. But now whenever a train passes at a certain at a certain time of day, screaming can be heard over the train. Oh my god. My brother-in-law is a railroader and he's heard it firsthand. He states that it is bone chilling every time. Saskatchewan is super rich with spooky phenomenon, especially with the indigenous community. I can share more in the future. Stay gold, Brit. That's that's sad and spooky and spooky. It is. Are we doing our fuck Mary Yeah, Kills? I've got mine. I don't have mine. <laughs> I knew that you didn't. <laughs> uh, okay. Are we doing, so are we doing um, the horror film? I guess, yeah. Why not? Just keep it with the theme. Yeah. Horror movie villain. Right. I've got it. I've okay. Got I've, well, I've got one. I'm so excited. <laughs> okay. I had one the other day and I was like, oh my God, I got to include that one. And now I forget. Uh, I kind of forget. Okay. I've got, got them. You do? Yes. Okay. Okay. Do you want to go first or you want me to go first? No, you go first. Okay. So my first. <laughs> so fuck, marry, or kill the Baba Duke. <laughs> <gasps> Okay. 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 
Pinhead from Hellraiser. That was the one. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Pinhead. Or Annie Wilkes. And I don't know if you know who that is, but she's the girl in the movie Misery that... Yes! Oh my God. Yes, I do. I do. I do. I do. (laughs) Um, I would probably marry her because she seems very attentive. (laughs) Okay. I would fuck the Babadook. Okay. Okay. And kill Pinhead. Okay. I think. I think. I just don't know how the fucking of the Babadook would go down, but Pinhead just seems like it would be painful. Yeah. I think I'm on board with all, all of your those? choices. Yeah. yeah. I think, I think so. Okay. Cool. <laughs> but that's the one, Pinhead. <laughs> okay. So I don't remember, but please let me know if we did this. Mm-hmm. But okay. Fuck, marry or kill. Mm-hmm. Buffalo Bill. No, we didn't do Buffalo Bill. <laughs> oh my god! Um, Damien from the okay. Omen. Okay, okay, okay. And Carrie, Carrie. Okay, Carrie from Carrie mm-hmm. with the blood. Okay. Oh man, I oh fuck, I'm gonna kill Buffalo Bill. Okay, it's fair, fair. I'm gonna marry. Damien and I'm gonna have sex with Carrie. Really? I can't have sex with Damien. He's a child. That's that is that is true. <laughs> that is very true. We cannot do that. That's true. He's yeah, we always kid. marry the children. We always I can't. marry the children. Like, what yeah. am I gonna do? Yeah. I would kill. I mean, I'm trying to think. I'm like, would I rather kill okay Damien? Damien would I rather kill Damien or Buffalo Bill? But yeah, that- no, you would definitely kill Buffalo Bill. Maybe not. I'm okay. I'm starting. I'm oh. thinking. I'm rethinking my choices. Okay. Carrie, I'm staying with my sexual relationship Sh- with Carrie. I'm, okay. I'm okay. into that. I'm into that. She definitely has like sexual undertone. It's fine. Yeah. I'll marry Buffalo Bill, but like I have said in my <sighs> past episode, just marrying him doesn't mean I have to have any type Relations. of relationship yeah. with him at all. It just means like on paper, I'm But yeah, you can't have you. sex with Damien, so you have to marry him. No, it means I can kill Damien. He's the Antichrist. Oh, you're having sex with Carrie. Sorry, yeah. I'm having sex with Carrie. I'm killing Buffalo Bill. I might kill Damien. I mean, no, I'm I'm married to Buffalo Bill and I'm killing the Antichrist because I'm saving the world. Yeah, for sure. No, that's really, it's necessary. What am I going to do? But just because I don't want to be married to Buffalo Bill, I'm going to let the world go to Suffer? Yeah. No, I'm going to kill Damien. Okay. I'm going to marry Buffalo Bill as long as... Being married to Buffalo Bill means that I don't have to physically touch him in any way. Yeah. Which a lot of marriages are like. Right. And then I'm going to have sex with Carrie. Cool. Why not? That showbiz, baby. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Actually is showbiz. All right. Well... That's showbiz, baby. <laughs> I'm delusional. I'm so tired. I still have to finish this fucking glass of wine and I'm and yeah, I gotta piss. Okay, great. Well, that's it. Stay spooky. <sighs> stay, stay spooky. Stay spooky. Bye. Bye.